Looking to transform your family game nights? At Perfectly Picked Games, we specialize in family games that bring everyone closer. Our games aren't just fun. Kids and teens will learn how to take turns, develop basic strategy skills, and understand the thrill of winning and grace of losing. With our exclusive gift of games, you can give months of gaming excitement to your family. Choose a three-month or six-month gift, and we'll deliver hand-picked family games to your doorstep every month. And here's the best part. Right now, you can use the promo code GOLDENMOJO and receive 20% off your selected plan. Don't miss out on this exclusive offer. Use promo code GOLDENMOJO and save 20% today at Perfectly Picked Games. To jump into the Wayback Machine and go back to the 80s. I am your host, Golden Jay, and with me, as always, it's Frankie Vegas. Hey. And we are here to take you back. Back to one of the greatest decades ever. So here we go. Here we go. It's that time. It is that time. I hope we don't get lost backstage anywhere. Backstage. <laughs> Crank it up to 11, man. But it goes to 11. What's going on, Frankie? Yeah, not much. I kind of found out that for years and years and years, I have been com- uh, committing identity theft. <laughs> no, I found out... Um, because I had to get some do some stuff at the bank, and I needed to get some stuff stopped on my payments on my on some stuff I'm paying for through my checking account. And I did not realize that me and Marty were supposed to each have our own um, debit card, and her debit you know the debit card got her name on it. Right. But I've always used it. I've never thought twice about it. Right. And the lady at the bank. Inform me, go, you know, every time you use that, you're committing identity fraud. I go, shit. <laughs> so. Yeah, listen, lady. I've seen that woman naked. I could do whatever I want to do. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems weird that that would be a topic of conversation while you're sitting there. Yeah. Because, you know, it, you, you guys have been married almost 30 years, yeah. you know, it, you know, you share the same checking account. It's not like you're it's not like you're actually stealing from her yeah, that's or what yeah. I said I go, but it's the same our both of our names are on that checking account. And she goes, "Well, yeah, you can have a joint account, but you got to have your own cards or yeah. else identity theft." Identity theft. Interesting. So now Marty got something over my head. Now she can call the cops anytime she wants. But my identity. He's been using my debit card out of our joint account. Yeah, I'm sorry, Marty. It will not stand up in a court of law. Well, it might, but I doubt it. It'd be interesting to uh, 
That's yeah. Wow, you yeah, took me so, by surprise yeah, with that one. That's so for I'm, sure. Uh, so I get technically. I mean, I'm not a convicted felon, but I guess I have been committing felonies for for years. For years. For the past thirty years. <laughs> so uh, okay, I guess the question is: Is you guys, do you guys have two cards? No, or just the one card. Just the one card. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and she said we should have had always had two cards, and I'm like, they said Did, we didn't need. Marty told her to go. Well, we didn't need. They told her we didn't need two cards. Yeah, uh, mm. I do believe that um, this is now your bank's issue. That if you would ever actually, if somebody ever actually turns you in, yeah. I can see it now. Yeah. I was listening to this podcast, and this guy was committing identity theft on his wife. <laughs> now, she ain't you, got no more than I got. Now, do you and Bobby, You, I assume you guys have a joint account, right? We absolutely have, have a joint you, account. You got separate cards? Absolutely or? have separate cards, yeah, yes. I get, yeah, see. yeah. My, my name's on mine, her name's on hers. Yeah, see, I, would, I, just, yeah. I never thought anything of it. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was a lot of the credit cards we have. We both have our own separate cards. They both, yeah. uh, um, you yeah, know, credit cards. Yeah, I got mine. She got hers. Right. You know. Well, we share an account, but we have the same. We have two cards with the same account. If that oh, makes yeah. any sense. Okay. But, uh, yeah. um, the only thing she doesn't have access to is my Golden Mojo account. <laughs> wow. <laughs> one name. One name. Actually, she can have it all. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. She can spend it all. I don't give a shit. I know you don't. I don't. If if she wants to spend it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's just sell it all and blow it all on pancakes at IHOP. There you go. <laughs> well, that sounds good. IHOP. I'm going to IHOP. <laughs> um, so the last couple of days uh, since uh, you know we're recording this while the kids are on Christmas break, uh, she's had the um, she's had the grandkids for the last couple of days because uh, Skyler and Jess didn't have anybody to to watch them. So Bobby's like, I'll take them for a couple of days, you know, out of the week. And uh, I come home today and I sit down and I'm like, so uh, we got to talk. And it's like, what did you guys do today? Well, we had breakfast and we had lunch. And Aspen goes, yeah, but we had breakfast for lunch. I'm like, oh, would you have some eggs and bacon or something? And he goes, no, we had French toast. And I gave Bobby the death stare. <laughs> I fucking love French toast. It's one of my all-time favorites. And she made it, and I wasn't even here to enjoy it. Oh. it broke my fucking heart. Damn. I'm feeling the pain. Feeling so the pain. we bring up pancakes, and that's probably why pancakes come out of my mouth from IHOP, was because mm-hmm. now I just want fucking... Um, French toast. Yeah, that's what I had for supper last night with oh, French toast. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I had it had it from on um, the American table in Warsaw. Oh my god, you guys are <laughs> fucking killing me. American table. Now there is an extremely underrated restaurant in fucking Warsaw. Oh yeah. They have such great food in there. I mean, it's basic food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always get the club sandwich when I go in there. Man, the club sandwich is amazing. So I always love that, but. What a great little restaurant if you're in the mm-hmm. Warsaw area. Go check out the American Table. It's really, really good. Oh, yeah. My wife always wants to go on Wednesdays because that's when they have the, uh, oh, what's it called? The sauerkraut and pulling sausage soup, and she loves that. And the, she, uh, the look on your face is you don't love it. I do not. <laughs> it sounds absolutely nasty to me. She loves it. I'm trying to really think if I love sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Do I love sauerkraut? I, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't think that I do. I mean, I mean, I can have it from, 
maybe every 10, 20 years or something like that, maybe have a little bit of it. But I just don't think that I crave it. It's something that I really yeah. want. And it's soup. Just the two words, sour and kraut. I just don't sour. <laughs> yeah, I laid a sour kraut the other day. I'm just saying. Um, you know, it's funny you bring up soup because I got into a long conversation with a nurse yesterday about soup. I mean, we... I don't even know uh, why the conversation came up. I was talking to her about something and soup came up and we got into, oh, we were talking about uh, our, our Christmas uh, lunch and how I had made the broccoli salad that uh, that I've made the last couple of weeks. And I was telling her that I'd made it for my friend, friends, Billy and Tina, when they come over, we had that and we had potato soup and then some sloppy joes. And she goes, oh, you like soup? I'm like, I like soup. I mean, I don't like run out to get soup but you know i I don't have to go see the soup nazi or anything (laughs) like that but um ain't that right colton (laughs) um but she's like you and we started talking about soup and and she is really big on the taco soup and but she was telling me she's supposed to get me a, a recipe for lasagna soup oh wow i never you know i've heard of cheeseburger soup and the taco soup and but man, I never heard of lasagna, and there's just so many different types that people are making up. But yeah. this is almost like a um, uh, lasagna in a in a soup broth, I guess, yeah. because you there's lots of noodles and shit in it. But so yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'm just I must be hungry. I got food I, on the brain. Yeah. Hey, I like I like a good bowl of soup. You know, I'm I'm more of a my favorite kind of maybe like a. A beef and noodle type soup, something like that, chicken noodle, you know. I love beef and noodle. I love the hardiness. Yeah. The um, problem is it always, that beef broth always gives me heartburn. Ah. And so as much as I love it, I never eat it because I don't, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night with acid reflux and I'm like, ah. so I'm sitting on the edge of my bed chomping oh. down Tums just to yeah. go back to sleep. But um, my favorite, and, and, and I told her this and she's like, I don't really like that. I like tomato soup with grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, okay. You know, and she's like, yeah. I don't really like that. I That's said, a I classic. Love to, I love to dunk it. I love to throw crackers in it and, you know, saltines in it and just, yeah. Yeah, tomato soup probably like the only soup I like to put crackers in. I just, I, right. just that's yummy. It is. It's a, <laughs> do you ever do the little oyster crackers? Oh, yeah. Too? Yeah. Okay. That's the best one. <laughs> it's like What's the that? best salty cracker oh, ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're just fun shaped. They're now, fun. Do you consider chili soup? I do not. I consider I, I chili chili. Yeah. I mean, I don't really. I, I'm, I'm sure that it is probably some form of soup, but. I probably uh, see like it's on the soup list, you know, like at a restaurant. Right. You know, <laughs> but yeah, to me, chili is is uh, is pretty hearty and more like you know I don't don't consider it a soup. So, a soup to me is one that you can lift the bowl up and just sip. You know, even chicken noodle soup to me is not really a soup as much as it is a hearty meal. With, yeah. It's got chicken and noodles in it, and and well, that's why they call it chicken noodle soup. <laughs> it does not have chicken. <laughs> no, you motherfucker. There's no chicken in there. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, now, now that we're all fucking starving here at yeah. the uh, Golden Mojo Entertainment Complex, hey, call Bobby. Tell to bring something. Yeah, <laughs> we get lucky if fucking she'll throw pop tarts at us for some shit. <laughs> fucking bums, eat that. Uh, what do you got for me? 
Oh, for the question of the pod? 80s edition. Um, do you suppose that people do that at home with us now? Oh, I hope so. I do hope so. I Let hope us, so. Golden, Let us know. GoldenImage80s at gmail.com. Yeah. Well, I'm going to kind of go into the Wayback Machine because there was a question I wanted to ask during the Christmas season, and uh-huh. I forgot to. Oh, fuck. When you were a kid, you know, a big thing, you know, a lot bigger then than it is now, the Christmas specials. What was your favorite? Like Rudolph, Frosty? Um, I wasn't into the Frosty the Snowman one. I don't know why, but I always enjoyed Rudolph. And when it came on, I would always just sit down and watch it. I wouldn't go after looking looking for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know that I really had an all-time favorite, though. Uh, the Peanuts was always fun to watch, you know? Um, with fucking Charlie Brown and that little shit-ass fucking Christmas tree of his. <laughs> um, yeah, Rudolph was always a really good one. Damn, I, I'm gonna have to stick with those two. I think so. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah. Um, I I really was a big Rudolph. I still watch Rudolph to this day. I will if it's on. I will stop and I will watch it. <laughs> he's he's um, mesmerized. Think I'm cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love love Rudolph. Well, you um, made a comment earlier today when you first got here. We were talking about uh, jobs that we had in the past and. You were saying that one of the groups of you worked with used to call yourself the True Island of Misfit, misfit toys. toys. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We were all a bunch of misfits that found a job that we all <laughs> we all meshed well together. Right and, on, because nobody else would have us. <laughs> and yeah, so it makes a little more sense even now. That's yes, crazy. Yes, it does. Um, what else I liked? I liked. Um, I like I like Charlie Brown. Christmas was good. I liked for I liked Frosty. You know all the traditional ones. Right. Year without a Santa Claus. Santa Claus and coming to town. Um, and now you know like some of the stuff like I like now, and I don't know if you consider it it's a holiday show. I guess um, Eight Crazy Nights with Adam Sandler. That's a personal favorite of mine. Right. That is. That's actually a really good movie. Yeah. Um. Not about Hanukkah, but. But still, um, when you say Adam Sandler, um, of course, I recorded last night. It was late when I recorded, uh, and the kids were here. So Bobby wanted to watch that new Adam Sandler movie, Leo. Okay. It's a, a new animated, uh, you know, kind of like Eight Crazy Nights, you know, because Eight Crazy Nights was all animated. And uh, I'm going to recommend this fucking movie. It is really good. Um you get a couple of adult jokes in it, you know, but uh, all in all, it's a really good kind of kid's story, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get to finish it because I had to come out here, but um, I'm going to have to go back and watch the ending of it to see how it ended because Bobby won't tell me how it ended. <laughs> Fucking it. shit. But, uh, yeah, it made me laugh. I thought it was really funny, and, and I thought it was a great message for the kids, uh, you know. So if you got kids and, you, you know, they're pretty under the carpet kind of jokes or whatever, but uh, uh, I think at one point he says uh, Leo's trying to count, and he's like, I can only count to ten. And the turtle goes, Squirtle the turtle, goes, well, I'd tell you how to count to eleven, but... And then he kind of looked at the camera and goes, I was talking about his tail. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, 
It might be a couple of little jokes like that in there, but <laughs> might be a little more adult jokes. But I mean, all in all, great, great movie for the. I mean, it's funny. The kid, I think the kids would enjoy it, and you know, it ain't nothing too, too sketchy for for the children to watch too. So I think you could they could watch it. But yeah. You should go check that one out. I, I, I'll try. I have such a hard time sitting down and watching a movie nowadays. This one I think will bring you in. I think mm-hmm. that, I think once you get into it and get going, it's going to bring you in, and you're going to be you're going to be vested in it. I think this one. I, I, go try I'll it. Try, this, yeah, go I'll, try it this week. It, let try, let me know. I'm going to get a text. It's like you're a fucking asshole making me watch this movie. Now I'm going to watch it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I want to throw a plug out real quick for. Okay. Um, I came across uh, a collaboration, a new super band, if you will, oh. in the '80s, and it is called what did I say, Russell Guns. Yeah, and it is uh, Jack Russell from Great White and yep. Tracy Gunn from L.A. Guns and. I'm gonna, have to, te- I'm gonna have to text Fat Billy Ray and see if he's heard of that. Yeah, and I listen to it and i just and for me just listening to them they, they've only got a couple songs on spotify i guess they've got a whole album right but there's only a couple songs have been released off of it on spotify and they were excellent and i was brought back to the 80s right on you know 280 guys you know and oh yeah yeah it sounded like i was listening to a new album from the 80s nice yeah, so I just kind of wanted to... Uh, Jack fucking Russell, man. I just want, so Jack Russell, Tracy Guns, if you guys are listening, you want to come on and promote it? Oh, yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> it's all our six, seven viewers. Come yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> tens and tens of fans. <laughs> no, we would. But, yeah, anytime you want to re- come on and record... You want to do it Saturday at you two in the morning? Fucking shit your pants if fucking <laughs> Tracy Guns fucking emailed you and like, uh, Frankie, want to come do the show? <laughs> when and where? Uh, yeah. yeah, Frankie, I be like, wait. it's I, midnight on a Monday night, and I'll be fucking I'm, doing the show. And I'm pounding on Jeremy's door. <laughs> he wants to do it now. He got to do it right <laughs> fucking now. <laughs> Frankie, I just got done masturbating. I ain't got time for this. It's sleepy time. <laughs> <laughs> Rocker chick be throwing her bra at the screen. Yeah, <laughs> go away, Frankie. It's me time. <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. No, fuck yeah. You know, if, if Tracy Guns or Jack Russell called and said, right now, I'm, I'm firing the computer up, man. Yeah, Get your ass over here. I already started the interview, Frankie, about fucking time you got here. <laughs> oh, yeah. He wouldn't wait for me. It's true. I probably wouldn't. If if Tracy Guns was like, we got to go right now, I'd be like, oh fuck, Frankie, sorry, you're gonna come in late. Just you got the, you've got the spot of Phil Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pick on Phil. He was very busy last night when we were recording uh, uh, a couple of nights ago, recording Indiana Chiefs fans, and we had we it was getting late. We needed to start. And he still wasn't at his computer yet to get on there. And was like, well, jump in when you can. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. You ready to get into today's topic? Yep. Are you sure? I guess. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This 1984 American Mockument... (laughs) Mockumentary. Thank you. Uh, f- 
film, co-written and directed by Rob Reiner, which was actually his feature directorial debut. Stars Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, and Harry... She- How do you say his last name? I always thought it was Sheer. Let's go with that. That's Sheer. As members of a fictitious heavy metal rock band. Uh, who characterized as one of England's loudest bands. But it goes to 11. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about one of my favorite films. One of. It's called This Is Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> um. I have this. I have this on DVD. I did not get a chance to go back and rewatch it. I've seen it like two dozen fucking times. Oh shit! If I had known you had it on DVD, I would have bummed it off. Oh yeah. well, now you did. Now you know. I have it on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's not streaming anywhere. I mean, it is, but I just I'm a cheap bastard. Oh, you got to pay for it. Yeah, my gotcha. wife. She gets pissed off when I pay for movies, especially if it's something. Yeah, listen, that she doesn't want to watch. That's porn. You're not supposed to be buying porn. Why? (laughs) (laughs) It's out there. It's a one and done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've seen one, you've seen them all. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, So, okay, so let's go through this. (laughs) Uh, Rob Reiner plays uh, Martin or Marty DeBerge, who is a documentary filmmaker who follows... Uh, Spinal Tap on their American leg of their tour. And, you know, nothing in this movie goes right for this fucking band. (laughs) Nothing. Uh, From the moment that they're rehearsing and getting that record ready for the record company, not allowing them to have the cover that they want, to getting lost backstage, trying to get to the gig, to having gigs canceled on them because, you know, the album sales are in the, in the fucking toilet and nobody really wants them. And um, this is probably one of the greatest mockumentaries that I've ever seen. Or rockumentary. It's or rockumentary, yes. The rockumentary. Tell us, Frankie, about your journey with Spinal Tap. My journey with Spinal Tap? Yeah. Okay, I have not seen the movie since I was 15. God. You know, and and when I seen it, I was probably doing some things I shouldn't have been doing. Oh. So, you know, my memory of the movie is very hazy. So, you know, so I... I I don't want to speak too much <laughs> because I would probably be way, way off on anything. But I I remember I liked it. I do remember that right. I enjoyed it and I laughed my ass off. Yeah. You know. Well, let's uh let's kinda of start at the beginning. The movie uh starts with them preparing for the tour. Of course the album uh is not even out yet. As, as they're kind of getting around. The name of the album is called Smell the Glove. <laughs> Once again, these are... I want you to understand that these guys in this band are all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, minus really the drugs. There wasn't... A, I don't remember there being a ton of drug 
use in this movie at all. I mean, it was just kind of all about the sex people and watching the yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> huh? Okay, we won't go there. But so they're all kind of sex driven, you know. The, they have songs called "Sex Farm" and uh, 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 "Big Bottom." Uh, it wasn't. It, let's see, "Fat Bottom Girls" was Queen. This was "Big Bottom." "Big Bottom Girls," I think, is what the name of the "Big Bottom." "Big Bottom." You like mud flaps? My girls got them. <laughs> But the problem is, is that the record company doesn't want to release the album because their art is a woman on all fours attached to a dog collar and the glove is being held to her nose. Smell the glove. But they don't understand what's wrong with that because these guys are like, well, you know, if it was me and I was in the leash and I was smelling the glove, that would be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, though, is I have seen a lot worse album covers <laughs> in, yeah, in real life. In real life, yeah. Just now. Yeah, just recently. Um so the actual the record company actually does uh, it. It was the Metallica Black album before the Metallica Black album <laughs> came out because they did that black, uh, just a black cover. There's no label on it. There's no. There was nothing on it. I don't even think it was anything on the on the spine of it. And they were like looking at it, and of course, um, uh, the bass player uh, Harry. Uh, goddamn, um, Shear. Yeah, his name is Harry Shear, but he I can't think of uh, his name. Oh, in the, the in the yeah, I was gonna um 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 uh, Derek Smalls. Yeah, <laughs> Derek is actually looking at it, and he's trying to be like the the positive one. It's like, well, you can kind of see your own reflection in the cover if you look at it. You can kind of see your own face in it. You know, just stupid shit like that. <laughs> um, Michael McKeon plays David St. Hubbins. Christopher Guest plays Nigel Tufnell. Uh, and of course, Harry plays uh, uh, Derek Smalls. They are a; those are your three front guys. Both yeah. uh, both David and Nigel play guitar. Uh, Harry plays bass. One of the big things that happens to them is they they get this idea that I can't remember which song they play it in, but they all come out of these cocoons. The song starts and the cocoon opens up and they walk out and they play the song and then they get back in the cocoon and the lights go out and, you know, they remove the cocoons from the stage. Uh, Derek Smalls, the bass player, <coughs> his cocoon doesn't open. <laughs> so he's trying to get out. He's playing bass. It looks like he's playing an upright bass. He's playing like this because, you know, the cocoon's not that big. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's playing. So throughout the entire song, you hear him beating on the fucking cocoon with a hammer and it's like you're into this real melodic part of the song and you just hear kong 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 <laughs> and he's got like one arm out and he's still trying to strum his bass and play and, and the song starts to wind down and the guys step back into the cocoons and they start to thing and his pops open and he jumps out and he's like fuck and so he turns around and he goes to jump back in it. And, of course, it slams shut on him and he can't get back in. But this is the hijinks that goes on in this entire fucking movie. Yep, the entire movie. Oh, my God. Um, another great part is uh, they're sitting in a fucking diner. And 
they're arguing with uh, um, their um, their road manager. Uh, is it Ian? Ian yeah. Saint Ian or Ian? Damn it! Damn it! Um, I'm thinking it's Ian Faith. Let me look at this real quick. Yeah, Ian Faith. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So their their road manager, Ian Faith, they're arguing with him, you know, that this the show is kind of getting stale and that's why nobody wants to uh to be a part of it and so on and so forth. And so Nigel comes up with this idea to for the song Stonehenge to actually lower a large Stonehenge uh piece down on the stage. Mm. And so he draws it up on a napkin and he just writes, you know, four by four or whatever and but he puts inches on it so when they went and had it made when ian goes to go pick it up it's like four inches tall by four inches wide and they fucking and so he's just like oh well that's uh you know that's what he wrote on the the lady who built it that's what it's written right here four inches so so ian takes it and they're doing the song and as the song's fading out, they have kind of a special uh, Celtic kind of sound to it. And they lower this down and they have um, uh, small people, <laughs> small people dancing around it. And fucking they're like, you know, <laughs> three foot taller than this little fucking thing coming down. And it's just fucking hilarious that they just all stop and they're just like, what the fuck? You know, this is supposed to be four, four foot tall by four foot wide now it's four inches by it's insane man this is the shit do you remember that uh i i do i remember i remember it getting lowered down i remember the stage i don't remember like the setup for it and stuff of how it came about right i remember i can vaguely remember the scene of him dancing around on <laughs> Uh, what else happened in this movie that was fucking crazy? Uh, I talked about the backstage, but don't get lost backstage. They're uh, they get all tuned up. They're in their dressing room and they're they're making their way to the stage, and it's just a catacomb of fucking hallways and shit. And they run by the janitor, and he's like, "Oh, you're with the band? Are you with the band that's playing tonight? You want to go down here? You want to take it down the left right here, and then off to your right, you'll see a door that says stage." <laughs> and so they're like all hyped up, and they're trying to get themselves pumped up. And they go this way, and they go this way, and they're like, fuck, and they run back across the janitor again. <laughs> He's like, you guys went the wrong way. <laughs> I think they were like 20 minutes late getting to the show because they were fucking lost in the catacombs of this uh, of this arena. See, I have heard, like, that kind of, that's the thing that's actually happened with bands at the big stadiums, you right. know. Oh, I can, I can totally imagine it actually happening. Um, I mean, if you can't find the stage like at Rex's or something, you have a real problem. But I can understand, <laughs> you know, playing some stadium somewhere. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, one of the other things is, is they uh, when they were out on tour, they booked a they went to a record store. You remember this is uh, what is a nineteen eighty four? Yeah. Um. So back in the eighties, that was a big thing. Was is you would you would go to a record store and you would do album signings. And so they get there and they've got all the all the fucking cardboard cutouts set up and, you know, all the banners and shit like that. And not a single fucking person shows up to get their album signed. Oh. And they're all <laughs> sitting there. And lo and behold, 
let me make sure I get this just right because I gotta I gotta find it here real quick. Um, the who was the uh, shit? Now I'm drawing a blank. Who was the keyboard player uh, that played with the David Letterman band? Um, son of a bitch. I know, right? It was right there. I can see him. Oh my god! I want to say it's Paul Shaper. Paul Shaper. That is that, yes. all right. So Paul Shaper is the guy that was set by the record company to promote this. And uh, <laughs> what the fuck was his name? I'm looking at the wrong list, ain't I? Um, Paul Schaefer. Uh, Blumpkin. His name was like... Artie Blumpkin. Fumpkin. Fumpkin? Fumpkin. F-U-F-K-I-N. Fumpkin. That was better than me saying it was getting him to say it. So here is Artie, and he is just devastated that nobody has come into this fucking record store so he has leaned over one of the crates yelling at the guys just to kick his ass just here's my ass just kick it <laughs> just kick my ass <laughs> and it's a it's a young paul schaefer <laughs> how defeating would that feel to be a band you go to a record store for a record signing and nobody shows up and I understand in the movie it's supposed to be a comic thing. Right, but right, But right. if that really happened, that would just be absolutely... Oh, absolutely. You'd almost uh, yeah. want to just hang it up, you know? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the incompetent promoter from Polymer Records, Artie Fumpkin. Uh, no, it would be extremely defeating, and I... W- and, you know, it's a lot like not selling your merch at a show where, you know, you have all this stuff laid out and then nobody buys anything. You know, mm-hmm. nobody really comes up and talks to you. You don't sell your CD. You don't sell a T-shirt. Even if you, you know, got a special, you know, you can get both for 10 bucks and nobody fucking wants it. And they ought to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> take it fucking with you. Jesus, I got a thousand more sitting over here. I don't know what the fuck to do with. <laughs> They're like, no, thanks. No thanks. So throughout this uh, this entire um, uh, rockumentary, they they talk about they talk about how they came up and and how they were playing in different bands, and then they got together, and they actually had a hit under a different name. Na 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 na. I can't remember the name of the song, but then they went on to be Spinal Tap. Then then later. Um, but throughout all of it, they keep losing drummers. Not the drummers quit, but they die while they're on stage or oh, in geez. some sort of accident, you know, while they're in the band. So that's a that's a uh, a rolling gag throughout this uh, <laughs> throughout this uh, this movie. One of their early drummers was John Stumpy. <laughs> what is it, John Stumpy Peep? Uh, peeps <laughs> and it was played by a very young ed begley jr <laughs> but it was just like i don't remember how he died but um the drummer that they had was a young kid uh i don't even remember uh drummer for uh i think it was uh i think his name was mick and he actually lasted through most of the movie, but like at the very end, you see him drumming along, and all of a sudden there was a pyro explosion, and then there was a new drummer sitting. There. 
<laughs> but they be talking was like, well, what's his name? He he died. He he uh, he choked on vomit, and they're like, it wasn't his own vomit. It was it was totally somebody else's vomit. But he fucking died choking on vomit. <laughs> oh uh, damn! <laughs> um, Howard Hesman makes a. Uh, he makes a debut or uh, a cameo in this as one of uh, uh, a different manager for a different band that is like a big, big, huge is like playing. They're like playing across town from them. And they're, you know, it's like, oh, you're playing tonight, too. Oh, yeah, well, we're here. And then he's like, oh, yeah, we're at the we're at the fucking stadium down here. But Howard Hesman was his manager. Um a couple others are uh, Billy Crystal and Dana Carvey. They show up as mimes in this <laughs> fucking movie, as as waiters who are mimes, which is freaking hilarious. Um, Fred Willard, Fred you might Willard. remember him. Uh, I think, he, wasn't he in, uh, uh, shit, I can't think of what Fred Willard was in, but he shows up as, as the Air, Air Force ba- Base Lieutenant. Because like I said, they started losing gigs because the album wasn't selling and people were bailing out on him. So they were trying to pick up gigs. And, uh, and, uh, so Fred Willard and the, and the air force base actually hired them to play their mixer. And, you know, it was funny, you know, they do the whole military gag with you boys might need a haircut to come on in here. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't know what I'm saying. I'm getting a little shaggy myself and it's fucking his hair is, you know, all chopped (laughs) off to nothing. But, um, in the midst of that, they run an interference from the radios, the towers at the airport space into their wirelesses. And, um, uh, Nigel actually can't play because he's got fucking radio shit coming through his amplifier. So he just throws his shit down and fucking quits the band because there'd been a big pile up with, uh, with David's, uh, girlfriend taking over as manager and, and the whole nine yards. And so he ends up quitting, and so David and Derek try to finish out the tour. They're playing, they're playing this one place where they walk up, and um, the puppet show is the headliner over them playing. <laughs> and, she, and the girlfriend's like, "If I've told him once, I've told him a hundred times. Spinal Tap comes before the puppet show." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! I need to watch that movie again. Oh so bad. Uh, what else went on in this um, in this crazy ass fucking movie? Uh, besides um, them trying to finish up, they're talking about kind of doing their own thing, and and um, basically uh, they're playing their last show, and Nigel shows up, and. Uh, you know they're they're still pissed at him for, you know, just walking off stage, and so they're kind of giving him a hard time. And he just looks at him and says, uh, "Ian sent me," which is at this point is their former manager because he had yeah. quit. Yeah. And um, Ian sent me, and Sex Farm had went. Um, what was it? Uh, it hit the hit a major. It, yeah, it, it hit major big. in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. It was on the charts in Japan, and they wanted the full band to go back and play, um, yeah. you know, do a Japan yeah, tour. Tour Japan. And so, um, you know, he was just throwing it out there, and they were both like, oh, we don't know. But they get up on stage, and they start playing. And, 
yeah, David just looks over because Nigel was his brother. They grew up, they come up together in bands. And so he looked at him and he kind of gave him the old look to at his, at a guitar and said, come on. So Nigel goes up and they, and they reunite and they bring back Ian and they go off to Japan and sell out, sold out shows over there. Because sex farm, it's like a sex farm, <laughs> sex farm, baby. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy putting together a Final Tap tribute band. Oh my god! <laughs> now there was a second movie. Did you know that? There, uh, it I was called like, like the Return of of Spinal Tap or something like that. I, was, I thought they were like. I had seen where they were making a new one or were in the talk to make another one. It was in 92. It was called The Return of Spinal Tap, but I never saw it. I didn't even know it existed until I started doing research on this. Oh, another one that shows up in this fucking show um, is, uh, I'm going to, yeah. Um, Fran Drescher's in this movie as uh, Bobby Fleckman, which is kind of their, their, Go to in the uh, Polymer Records, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you, if you know Fran, she's got that voice. She's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why you guys want a girl on the cover like that. You know, mm-hmm. this kind of shit, but it's interesting. Oh yeah, but yeah, I think one of the funniest things I was watching. Um, oh, I can't remember what show it was. It was like something I love the eighties or something, right. and they were talking about this show. And they had Ozzy Osbourne talk about it, and he he said he was confused because everybody was laughing, and he was like, he thought it was a serious documentary. <laughs> and I'm like, you probably did, Ozzy. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> only Ozzy Osbourne. Come on, people. Seriously, only Ozzy. Uh, but, yeah, if you guys get a chance, man, you should go check out this fucking movie. Uh, it is it is funny as shit. Um, it especially, I, I mean, it, it's more, it more hits towards when, if you're a musician mm-hmm. and you kind of, you can kind of feel the, the pain of some of the shit that they've gone through. Like we had that exact same thing happen with our wirelesses at Rex's. Oh. We were sitting there one night, had our wirelesses all set up and getting ready to go. And all of a sudden, somebody CB radio come over top of them and like, hey, I'm down here. I'm down here at the courthouse. Can you, are you coming down? It's like, you didn't get the response, but you could hear the guy talking and he's queuing up his fucking mic. And it's like, we sat and listened to it for a little bit. <laughs> Fuck it, it's our PA system. It doesn't matter. It wasn't yeah. the house PA at that time. So we're like listening. And then somebody's like, can you shut that shit off? I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, as a musician, been in many bands, I mean, could you relate to a lot of the stuff, you know? I did. I I understood it. I mean, I I don't know that, uh, um, I I don't know that I knew that a lot of that stuff happened to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we all, as, as musicians, you run into a lot of shit. I mean, I got fucking stories upon stories upon stories, you know, of things that have happened. You know, uh, I played a gig where I had this fugly girl that thought she was a stripper that wanted to dance in front of me all night, and her perfume made my eyes water. It was so bad. Um, you know, I've got uh, I've got um, uh, stories of where we 
we were promoting our CD release party and we never put the date on the flyers. Um, you know, just shit like that. So I get it. Maybe not to the, to the links that, that they had, you know. Um, but you definitely, I know what it's like to go through those trials and tribulations of, of little bullshit that just yeah. get, that gets away at you. But one of the biggest lines from this movie, and we still say it today, and I even said it earlier in this podcast, is, is that Nigel had a Marshall amp specially designed for him that goes to 11. Go to 11. It doesn't go to 10. It goes to 11. And go. Rob Reiner said, arguing with it, was like, well, why don't you make like nine year loud and then, you know, as loud as you want to go, but you then you have 10 if you need to go that little bit louder. And Nigel looks at him and goes, but it goes to 11. <laughs> but, it goes. but it goes to 11. And that has always been a standard fucking thing to say when you're turning it all the way up. But it goes to 11. So, yeah, uh, reading here the budget of the movie was two million. Oh, and in North America, it only grows 4.7. Now, I would have thought, I know when it was released, it wasn't a big, it wasn't, but throughout the years, I thought it would have, yeah, because but, it became, but that says box office. Yeah, it does yeah. say box office. So I mean, they doubled their money. I mean, yeah. they got they got if they budgeted two million and they made almost five. They you know they doubled what they yeah they doubled. But yeah. it does say box office. I don't know if there's uh do is there anything on here that says what their final grand tally was? <laughs> <laughs> Reading this when Doc and George Lynch saw the film, he said to have exclaimed. That's us. How'd they make a movie about us? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, I got. I see nothing where they actually what the total grand total was. So, but they, you know, at least they doubled their money. That's yeah, all I can say. Yeah. So, you know, at least they made. Yeah. Something. So that was a success. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and that's probably why they made a second movie. But you know, it's funny because, um, you know, everybody. It's such a cult classic movie that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it. it's one of those. And I think there's a lot of people out there that think Spinal Tap is actually a band, a real genuine band. Well, they kind of they they are. They kind of are, yeah. Because uh, I do believe that all three of those guys can play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that they actually went out and well, they did an album. I mean, "Smell the Glove" is an actual album, or "This Is Spinal Tap" is an actual album, mm-hmm. I should say, that has all the songs from from the movie on it. And a lot of them, those guys performed. Yeah, that's what cause that's what I understood. You know, they did their own yeah. playing and you know instruments and vocals. And, and it seems to me over the years, I've seen them show up on like award shows and shit like that playing yeah. so i mean i don't know big bottom big bottom i mean god do we have a there's no there's no do you, song have, list. Do you play any no have, have you, have you, i didn't pl- know if you've I've never any... played any spinal tap songs although i'm kind of pissed now that i haven't but uh you know because uh they are some pretty great songs <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't think you really played any, but I didn't know if you learned any, you know, just on your own accord. I did not. But you know what? They're they're an artist on on Spotify. So there's Big Bottom. There's Give Me Some Give Me Some Money was the name of that yeah. that song that they had had a hit when they were young. Yeah. So Give Me Some Money. <laughs> Come on, people. You know you you know you love you know you love it. You know you want more. This is Spinal Tap, 1984. Oh Hellhole. Tonight I'm gonna rock or tonight I'm gonna rock you tonight. Uh, heavy duty, heavy duty, heavy duty, rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, they um, uh, Rob Reiner is scheduled to start filming the next Final Tap movie February of 2024. Yes, I knew that they were they were talking about making another one. So, I told you I had the DVD. Okay. In the DVD, they have the bonus stuff, the stuff that made the the stuff that went on the cutting room floor. Okay. All right. Throughout this entire movie, you know they do a shit ton of um, they do a shit ton of uh, uh, just personal interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob Reiner talking to one of them or two of the guys, and throughout the movie, you kind of see these bumps showing up on this guy on the guy's faces you know one was on on the lip one was on the forehead you know the keyboard player had one on his cheek that was really big and they never really talked about it in the movie you just kind of seen it and you're like i don't i don't get it i don't understand that well when you go back and see the uncut the uh the edits that got pulled out they talk about this girl that they passed around the band that had herpes and all these guys had fucking herpes on their face. <laughs> I know herpes is not a funny thing, but uh, you know it was it was it was kind of funny, you know, that it was one of those deals that you don't know until you get behind the scenes that that's what all these guys got, and they all got it from this one girl that they passed around. It's it's just well, stupid. It's stupid funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I knew exactly what story you were getting ready to tell. When you, uh, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. So this is Spinal Tap, Tap, 1984. Once again, starring Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, and uh, Harry Shear. Now, Michael McKeon, uh, you guys probably know from something a little bit earlier in his mm-hmm. career where he played Squiggy. No, he played Lenny. Damn it. It was Lenny, wasn't it? Yeah. Fuck. I blew that. Len- I was going to say Lenny and Squiggy, and then I was like, no, he played Squiggy. No, Squiggy mm-hmm. was a short guy. Yeah. Lenny was the was what my, yeah. Uh, Laverne and Shirley, uh, Happy Days. Uh, they were on um, um, both of those. But yeah. uh, McKeon's done a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. Christopher Guest shows up all over the place too, but Harry Shear. Don't. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Is he? Wait. He's not that Harry Shear, is he? Yeah. Is he really? Yes. He's the Simpsons creator. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is the voice of Homer. But I mean, Harry Shear was the creator, right? Uh, I don't know if he is the creator. The voice, voice actor. Okay. No, yeah. Matt Grogan. I'm sorry. Matt Grogan is uh, 
is the creator. Hmm. All right. Yep. Um, Shear is known for his work as a voice actor in The Simpsons. Shear provides Principal Skinner, Kent Brockman, Mr. Burns, Waylon Smithers, Ned Flanders, uh, Reverend Lovejoy, uh, Otto, Otto Man, Leonard, Lenny Leonard, damn, Scratchy, Kang. He's done a shit ton of them, didn't he? I'm trying to think, because um, I, I, he's done some things that uh, even more more than that. I'm trying to think of what what he was actually uh, kind of the face of. Harry Shear. Yeah. Oh, he was handsome Dan in Wayne's World too. Okay. That's not what I was thinking of, but um, I don't really see anything oh, that really know. jumps out at me. Another thing, probably Christopher Guest. I believe he is married to Jamie Lee Curtis. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. So he can get he can get some of that. Oh, good for him. Yeah. High five. And then, you know, of course, Rob Reiner was the director and played Marty DeBurgi. Uh You probably know him from All in the Family. Yeah. As Mike Divick. Or, or meathead. Head. <laughs> <laughs> what Golden Jay calls his son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I should start that. Yeah, I really should. Yo, meathead. Yo, meathead. <laughs> Doing the Rocky voice. Yo, meathead. <laughs> I got Frankie going tonight, man. He's a... Uh, Old Jay's flying around here. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let's get out of here. All righty. Oh, man. Guys, go check out this fucking movie if you haven't seen it. It's amazing. It's not for the kids. So uh, you adults enjoy this movie. Uh, send the kids to bed and then just go watch it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. And when you hear, give me some money, you'll think of me. <laughs> <laughs> And you can give me some money. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right. Well, if you like what you heard, why don't you let us know? Uh, the golden image 80s at gmail.com. Let us know how you're doing and uh, and how we're doing. Just put it all in one email. It'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, also, go check out our merch store at goldenmojoent.com. You know you want a sweatshirt. You know you want a sweatshirt that says Golden 80s on it. Come on, man. You know you do. You got to have it. I do, but I can't afford it. I know. I can't, <laughs> I can't either, man. Yeah, I, I probably could. I bought I a new do. microphone. No, man. I just know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got new lighting. Yeah. So that's all our money. I, I like it. I like it. All our money is in that, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know why I'm doing this. Uh, if you liked us, maybe you like somebody else in the Golden Mojo Entertainment family, which includes the call guys, Golden Image Podcast. I just shrank in my fucking chair. <laughs> Oops. Golden Image Podcast, the United States Paranormal, Indiana Chiefs fans, A Court of Books and Booze, and Murderers. Go check them out. They're all part of the Golden Mojo family. Um, you know, 
just go see what you might like out there. You never know. Yeah. All right, Frankie. All right. Hasta la vista, baby. See ya. <laughs>